You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello. Mm, yes. Hi. This is Bradley Martin. And what's that up there in the sky? Not a superhero, because those are all on the ground and having a wonderful Nordic summer playing Chronicle 2. We are reviewing The Innocence today. A couple of friends, sisters, Ida and Anna move into a new apartment complex in Norway and meet some other kids, Aisha and Ben, and they form a bond because they realize they all have superpowers. But is Our Lady peaceful as shit, or are the kids not all right? The Innocents explores what happens when kids who don't have the best kind of adult supervision have superpowers. Will they use these powers for good, or will they see how far you can drop a cat off a building without hurting it? This is an R-rated film, not for the children, and I'm here to talk about this today with two wonderful superheroes that I know. Robert is with us. Hello, citizens. And the mysterious the Wayne is with us. Sorry, I don't have a good gag. I, do, <laughs> there were so many things when I first started watching this, I'm like, oh my god, because you already hit Chronicle. Right. Like that was my first thought was, well, this is Chronicle, but less cringy, sort of, but not. I, And then, of course, I realized as it got further along, it reminded me an awful lot of scanners. But psychic warfare actually looks more interesting in this movie. So there's that. I don't know. I think this is one of those movies that the innocence will remind you of a lot of films, but I don't think I'm going to be watching another movie and be like, oh, it reminds me of the innocence. <laughs> There's that. So we have these two sisters, Ida and Anna. Ida's the younger one, but is placed in charge of Anna, her big sister, her older sister, because she's uh, on the spectrum, as they say, has some type of uh, autism, nonverbal. And that right there, I think, is a very interesting premise. How would a little sister react to being told, watch out for your big sister? Like that alone is very interesting to me. And I think, much like with Chronicle, I'm going to be honest with you guys, the emotional journey these characters take sans superpowers is a lot more effective than, hey, watch me do this crazy gravity trick. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of these effects did look practical, so I appreciated that. But even the digital ones, not bad. There's a scene where... um. A traffic incident that I'm glad it looked fake 
Because if that was practical, I'd be like calling the authorities. Like, I just saw this film, man. You get, you got to arrest some people because children them make are dead. Like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you guys feel about the story and those effects? You asked how you, how you know, as a younger child, you would feel about dealing with this older sister, and I think the movie pretty well hit it. I mean, she clearly. I mean, she cares about her sister. It's her sister. But you can tell there's a lot of, oh, my God, Mom, seriously. No, I don't want to take care of her. No, I don't want to take her outside. No, I don't want to go play with her. Hey, I did this thing that, okay, never mind, because you're not going to pay it. Like, I get all of that. And, in fact, I think if there's any one one really solid element to this, it's the performance of the kids. They all feel like real children and the way they would behave, including the the older sister, Anna, when her personality sort of changes and and how that sort of impacts things. I don't want to get too far into it, but that was an interesting development because that's both awesome. Things have changed for her, but that also means that mom and dad are now paying even more attention to Anna. And Ida's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. She's less annoying, but now it's still more annoying. And I'm like, I feel all of that kid. Like, I didn't have that experience <laughs> myself, but I you could see it on her face what this felt like. And the other kids are, are the same way. The the actress that's Aisha and then Ben, um, they all feel real and they feel like they behave like children would behave in the situation that they're in. Some of them are like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to do so much stuff. And there's others that are like, hey, this is this is a thing I can actually do something really good. I mean, you know, it's the whole superhero thing on a really small scale. Um, but it, it has a reality that a lot of superhero stuff just doesn't have, even when it's trying to be realistic. I really dug uh, the intro to the movie with the two sisters um, because, you know, essentially we're setting up some kind of good and evil in the movie, more one side and the other type thing for a while. But the younger sister that we're talking about, Ida, that's in charge of her sister. And we learn very early in the film that she's not the best steward. In one of the earliest scenes, Ida's character's walking through the little playground outside and her cell phone goes off and she doesn't acknowledge it. And I was like, this kid's a monster. Like, I thought that was <laughs> such a subtle detail, but man, did they telegraph it? That's another thing, Mike. It's very, you know, stark film in a lot of ways. And I think they really nailed the first half of this thing, man, trying to get you at first. You don't really know where it's going to go. You know, of course, talking about kids with some not otherworldly power, but strength. And we're talking about telekinesis and all this stuff. You assume it's not going to all go well, but they they really were like, no, but what if it like really doesn't go well? And I really dug that. As far as the visual effects, there's a scene where um, the sister, Anna, is outside. And something might be happening with her. And at her feet, we get to see, like, the little rock particles float out of the ground. And every time I see it, it makes me daydream about the one day we'll get a live-action version of Akira. And that's what I hope it looks that good, man, because that, that really got me. <laughs> oh, that sequence reminded me of the Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah. Because this is this is not an American film, 
there are some scenes of violence in it that don't get the American treatment. Some of it's ugly. Um, and there's, I mean, there's some scenes involving animal violence as well that I'm like, oh, well, you better be ready for this. Again, if you're watching this movie, especially if you've heard about it from us, you've been warned. This, this is not, this is not a cute movie. I don't think it's just in Norway, but there is a vein of films for, you know, more than a decade. That's this more realistic type take on violence where it's not that they're using children and films in a different way than we are. It's that they're giving the kids different material in these films than they'd get in the United States, including what we're talking about with the animals. You know, there's a lot of bad things that happen in a lot of movies, but these kids are the plot. Yeah. And it's a it's a vicious movie. Like this movie is about violence, about violence being done to you, about doing violence to others, about dealing with do you try to quell violence with violence? And so that it was led by this cast, who I think you already said, uh, Lewayne, that was really effective. I thought that it did hold a lot of weight, uh, stringing along. Like I said, vicious is the word I kept thinking about. Yeah. Well, and, and there's there's a lot of discussion, both overtly and subtly, about children's dependence on adults for safety and what that means when that's not reliable. And, and even in even if you have a parent who really cares about you, who can under can't understand the threat that you face or have any idea how to deal with it. Like, even if their parents had listened to them, what are they going to do? Right? I mean, you know, the the film resolves kind of in the way that it has to because of the situation it establishes. And there's no parent that's going to be able to help you with that part. You know, nobody's going to go to jail. So, you know, nobody's going to whatever the Norwegian equivalent is of juvie, although... Maybe they don't even have that because they're not a nation focused on incarceration, but that's a whole other deal. And a whole other movie. Yeah. Yeah, this did have a a, a huge kids on bikes vibe for me. Yeah. And none of the kids had bikes, I believe, in this. But something that type of genre of film always succeeds at is, why doesn't the child tell an adult? Because the adult will say, uh-huh, that, that's nice. Go play. Mm-hmm. And uh, this film really does that well because there is a sequence in which um, the little sister has the opportunity to say what happened. And it's a pretty amazing performance because even she is like, what can I even say? And she does her best. And, of course, you would get the reaction like you do in this genre of film is, why are you lying to me, you know? And it was great. Yeah. And I hope that genre makes a comeback. I mean, with the stranger kids, you know, with the stranger things, kids all grown up, we need a new set of kids with bikes to fight the clown in the sewers while the parents are like, a what and a what now? Go play, you little bastards. I think this film also touches briefly on just the idea of what if a kid doesn't have empathy? 
The Hollywood story of this would be, then he's born evil and must go be with his evil kind in the insane asylum on the cliff in the 70s. But this one, I think, almost goes like the looper route of, can you raise a good child that can kill you with a thought? But what did you guys feel about those themes? I was reminded, obviously, of the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for there to be a cornfield for everybody to go beyond. Um, but but that's one of the other things about having realistic children. Yeah, children, especially these are pretty young kids. You know, Anna's probably the oldest, and she's sort of preteenish. You know, and they're younger than that, and. Not every little child is an angel when they're little because they don't sure. have the capacity. And, well, okay. Now imagine what that's like when they have the ability to, like, kill a full-grown adult at a distance. The, you know, it, it, it becomes that much more horrifying. I mean, this isn't like dealing with, I don't know, like Chucky. It's a little thing. You kick it in the head and shove it down the stairs and get out of the way. Like... These are attacks that you can't even see coming from beings that everybody views as non-threatening. Robert, do you have anything to say on that topic? I like the I like the characters, I like the kids, I like the you know the the stretching of the extremes we saw from the older sister who's uh autistic and nonverbal where she can't really defend herself to the one in the middle that's the neighbor that wants to help her to then Ida who's like oh, I hate everybody to the little boy who's like no really the hell with everybody I just wish we'd got a little more push on maybe not getting into their powers but I just feel like the movie was so like I said stark that I feel like the ending to me I don't think it was rowdy enough like i think we should have went a step further maybe like i don't want to fight in the street with monsters and stuff like that but i feel like we tried to to round the edges to maybe there is hope even you know past transgressions kind of thing i feel like the film really pulled some punches in the end i would have liked to have seen more carnage for our characters specifically i think okay so the and that's the end of that chapter. Like you brought up the Twilight Zone, Rod Serling literally could have stood in and be like, "And that's what happens when the mind." And you know, given one of his amazing epilogues, yeah. well, let's carry that into our final thoughts. Uh, Luane, will you start, please? One of the things that's kind of interesting about this is that there are, in fact, consequences, which is known as something that happens in a blockbuster movie. Um, you know, even even at the end. There are obvious consequences for some of the characters, but then there are subtle ones as well, which are like, yep, and now this is over, and now this person will never be this person that they were before. And not in the, oh, I've been changed by this, but they literally will have reset to what they were like before this happened, and there's going to be nothing you can do about it, and that seems almost worse because there was a period where the things were different. Um, dude, this was hard to watch sometimes. And I, and I'm sure it's not just because 
I have kids, but I've been a kid. And frankly, I've thought about that because, I mean, I'm a superhero dork, right? Like, I like comics. I like sci-fi stuff. I like Star Wars, all that shit. So there's always, like, the 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 character who gets the power and they get to do this. And I'm like, I'd have probably been a really terrible person to give superpowers to when I was little. Like, for a variety of reasons. Because of the way you think and the way you behave. And the fact that you can't always think ahead to what's going to happen based on what you do. And so that made it somehow much more frightening and way more uncomfortable to watch than a lot of, like, straight-up gory horror movies that I've seen lately. Um, and just for that amount of impact, I gotta go four out of five vocabulary cards. Nice. Robert. Like I said, on the part that just kind of digs at me a little bit, it was so dark and went so far that I really thought it was going to end a little darker than it did. It's fine. I appreciate what they were doing. There was nuance there. It's just for me, it was kind of jarring there at the end. That That's the end we got. That being said, the the kids are phenomenal. The movie looks phenomenal. As someone that talks a lot of shit and tracking shot horror films, I loved everything about the camera. We got some handheld. We got some long, you know, zoom, slow zooms. We got some uh, longer camera movements. We got some visceral stuff. thought the score was great. The sound design, especially when we're talking about there's portrayals of telekinesis and stuff like that. All that stuff was cool. Is this a recommend for me, uh, for people who like heavier subject matter, whether that just be that it's children and it's really violence or just the theme of violence and stuff like that. Absolutely. Like people that like the heavier horror movies. Absolute. I recommend, I will see this film again for sure. I thought the realistic violence was a great touch in a area where, like I said, if kids are involved, it is more fantasy, which then you, it becomes more fableish. This was like, I mean, we talked about Chronicle, like make it kids and let's make it over a couple days and see how, insane it can get that's like that's what i signed up for and i think it totally delivered on that um like i said i think it was it looked great the sound was great i'm gonna go seven and a half out of ten terrible siblings very nice so just mirroring what you guys said i uh, gotta give it up to ida ben anna and aisha the characters Played by Raquel Lenora Flutum, Sam Ashraf, Mina Yasmin Beremes Eshem, and Ava Birnsmo Ramstad. And the violence that we see in this is a, akin to how I butchered those names just now. It is not fun to see. I hate to knock a film because of that. For me personally, Especially when animals are involved. I'm like, hard pass, no thanks. But love those performances. And I love these themes. Like, yes, in a, if there was a Hollywood remake, uh, like you said, that girl's a monster. And she would continue to be a monster. The first picture I have of my second daughter's day on Earth, the very first picture I took of her, she's staring right at me with a, what are you looking at face? 
you got to believe in love and hope that can change a monstrous heart is all I'm saying. And I like that it dives into that, like maybe attention and love and understanding and empathy. Oh, my gosh, the little girl playing Aisha. I've never seen a more empathetic character in a live action movie. And that's a wonderful performance. So I'm conflicted for sure because the violence is... The idea of the violence even is so upsetting. Not just the act of it, but what's being portrayed as going on and not pulling away from it. Like shoving it in your face. Yes, you are bearing witness to this kind of wickedness. And uh, so upsetting. I'm going to go with the 7.5 out of 10. No dinner meals because your parent is out. So did you guys get those two band jokes I made at the beginning of this? Yeah, or did I just date myself way, way too? Our Lady Peace. And what was the other one? Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. That's a band from Toronto. Robert, all right. And yeah. uh, the Offsprings, the kids are not all yeah, right. That one I caught. <laughs> I'm old, too. We were talking about Manic Street Preachers the other day. Oh, jeez. 